Hotty toddy. Yeah. Now. Eric Redinger, how you doing? Wow. Yeah. What's the occasion? I think I'm on a streak of like four times in a row. Yeah. Thank you. I realized people probably don't know your name. I know. <laughs> I know. Redinger. Redinger. Eric Red Ginger. Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming show Pragmatic Entrepreneurial Vice with 1,000% more dick jokes than your average business podcast. Oh, man, we had to do 1,000% more. Yeah. No way. That's Eric, as I've already told you guys. I'm Law Smith. Hashtag girthy RI. Hashtag 69B2B. Hashtag sweat equity. Little fun fact. Did you know... You know when you get a bunch of phone calls and you don't know who called you? You want to know the site to look up, to use? Okay. White Pages is good. Okay. Spokio's good. Okay. But the best one I know about is fastpeoplesearch.com. Not a sponsor. Fastpeoplesearch.com. Okay. If you ever want to look it up. I'm trying to, to give know. a little added value at the top of the show. All right. From now on. No, that's good. I'm going to... I got a bunch of them to look up. Yeah. Retroactively. I always do it. If I don't know the number, I'm always looking it up. I'm always Googling it. And I got to show you a crazy one I got later. Okay. We'll do it later. This episode, headline sponsors brought to you by Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. $75 off an annual plan for your business phone line. You need that extra phone line for that side hustle for your business. You don't need to get a second cell phone. A lot of people do that. You can compartmentalize your life with another uh, business phone line app. I use it and I like using it on uh, my laptop too. That's huge. Trygrasshopper.com forward slash sweat gets you $75 off an annual plan. 75 bucks off an annual plan. Adding a second line through Verizon or AT&T or Sprint, it's way more expensive. Make it the first step to like actually having your own business. Yeah, it's, it's something a lot of people don't want to pay for when they're like, I'm going to do a startup brand. I've right. got this brand going. I've got an online shop. Get, you can get an 800 number. You can choose your own local number like I did. Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. $75 off an annual plan. Our feature sponsor, ExpressVPN. Try expressvpn.com forward slash sweat. Get you three months free off an annual plan. You have that anonymized web searching out there. When you think you're in private mode in Chrome, it's still got a little something on you. We're not judging. Don't, don't, don't worry about big ads looking at you, but if you don't want to be tracked, try expressvpn.com forward slash sweat. Yeah. And Warby Parker, warbyparkertrial.com forward slash sweat. Get five free pairs to try on at home. Uh, pick them out. See put what, them on your head. Put them on your head. You can pick by shape because I got a horse head. I go, okay, only these five work for me. And then I put my prescription in and they go, okay, these are the ones. Check them out. Try them on. Make, get made fun of by my coworkers. Send them back. Get another five free pairs to try on. Now you can get, get sunglasses. Again. Now they're the disruptor in the eyeglass sunglass wear. You can get stuff for $95. Wow. I think my dad paid 700 for like lens crafters or something. That's a sucker. Well, I mean, I try to tell them to go to warbyparkertrial.com forward slash sweat. Five free pairs to try on at home. Let's get this party started. Uh, Hot and Tony. Nice sweat equity. We're recording this. <laughs> wow. You had a drink? Did joking. you just slam a whole drink? I was just joking around. Oh, man. 
Just joking around. Well, we're kind of in party mode. Stanley Cup, the Rays are in the playoffs. The Rays we're, just we, won. We recorded this out of Tampa. We try to make it a little bit more nationally kind of... Uh, title Town. We call it Title Town. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, I, going I, forward. I almost said that to someone. I was like, I could never get away. We've had all our sports teams sucked so bad for so long. Oh, like, we had... How many arena bowls did we win, dude? <laughs> it's on Since the signs storm, when you enter the I, city limits. Uh, not anymore. I don't know. If they're still there. Oh, are really? They, I, pff, the Tampa Bay Storm? They away. They had City of Champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's They had the Bucks and that. the Lightning, and then they threw nine... Uh, arena bowl championships in there i always look at that thing we brought it up on the show a long time ago sports illustrated had a thing of like neighborhoods that had the most badass athletes come out of it and it was like compton the bronx and then like west tampa yeah and that was it yeah this is 25 years ago I, gary I think. sheffield yeah um who else don garlitz yeah you don't even know about that one the race, race car, car guy mm-hmm. ah, i did know yeah big daddy, ah. big daddy and then you got uh tino martinez and of course fred mcgriff uh Doc Gooden, sure. Daryl Strawberry, sure. all kind of like in the same neighborhood. It's crazy. Yeah. Good baseball town. Yeah, yeah. A lot of good baseball players came out of here. The it, the guys who got you know addicted to drugs on the Mets. I you know, know we had all the good stories too, right? But he yeah. had a good story. Yeah, Lou Pinella was a Jesuit guy, went to my high school. Yeah, at one point we had Pinella, mm-hmm. we had Gruden, and uh, uh, Tortorella. Yeah, Gruden's the three biggest hotheads right? in all of sports. Oh yeah, yeah, his coaches of the three Terrifying. pro teams. We've never, but like, we've never had all our teams do well at the same. And this is weird because it's all at the same time. Yeah, well, we're never gonna have a wait. Never, ne- we can't say never, but we we've never really had a an era in the modern call it modern sports era when it's te- I'd say televised well, would be the modern sports era. You know, when it got to a lot of people. I mean, two thousand two. The Bucks won the Super Bowl, and then the next year the Lightning won the Stanley Cup. That was a pretty good time. That was 04. They won the Stanley Cup. That was 03. So 2002 season, the NFL fucks up. You know, they do 2002 season, but they actually won the Super Bowl in 03. It was pretty close together. Right. But then the Rays weren't that good. They were the Devil Rays maybe still. Uh, And so it's just interesting, like, when a city, you know, is doing well on all fronts. We've never really had that. We're and, only and three games into the NFL season, too, but... We're, uh, all right, sure, but we're talked about. Good start. Yeah, two and one, whatever, mm-hmm. as as we're recording this. It's just it's just fun that all the three of those franchises were doormats for a while yeah. until they weren't, so... Fun time. Yeah, and the Ray story, one of the best business books, if you ever want to read it. Everybody talks about Moneyball. Uh, the, one of the best business kind of management books that uses baseball as a, a big metaphor... Uh, so Moneyball's great. It talks about analytics, talks about sabermetrics, how, how you can find out, how you can use data to find these, like, you know, um, basically, like, cheat codes to find, like, developing players. Like, they talk about Kevin Euclid in the book, in Moneyball, where he's the king of walks. And walks are way more, they're talking about, like, average used to be the thing, the right. stat everybody used. Uh, if you're not Single a baseball, as good as a walk. If you're not Same a baseball idea. fan too, you can kind of Michael Lewis makes it very, uh, very palatable for anybody that doesn't like that. Did you say the name of the book? The extra two percent. The extra two percent. Yeah, you I was say getting, that. No, I was sorry, I didn't that. know if you said it or not. Well, I was trying to set the table because it's buy that. It basically goes like Moneyball is good, but you should do that, and you should do the non-mass side with management. Yeah, and, and it uses the Rays going their whole thing. Uh, for their business is to get two percent, the extra two percent advantage. If they can do 
a hundred like little things for that organization because it's a big it's a big company if you really look at it yeah. like that. They've got the three minor league teams too, or four yeah. maybe, uh, maybe more than that. Yeah, because there's a bunch of like single A teams. Oh, they have you, independent leagues, and right, stuff, right, right, all over the place. So you're always develop. They're basically developing their employees all the time. Yeah. Um, well, it's it, like baseball is the one sport that you can kind of go to the numbers, and they they tend to 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 regress to the mean because you play 162 games. But that's why it's so crazy this year, where you got guys that are you know. MVP like Christian Yelich was awesome last, and this year he sucked. Yeah, and he went from Josh Bell ruined my fantasy team. Right, like, and it's like they play another hundred games. I couldn't drop him, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> well, it's just like, no, no, they let you drop him. Oh, I'm just okay. saying, I couldn't drop him because I'm like, you okay. know, that's an interesting thing that you do with the bias in your head. I should have dropped him, and I know I should have. Yeah, but you it go, didn't matter. This guy's really good. Yeah, I won the championship. If anybody's won. <laughs> Who cares less? All right, out of when you tell people Nobody. you won a championship that to someone else outside of your league, or uh, a woman telling you about her new haircut, right? Both. Which ones? The which ones do people least care about? Both. Yeah, it depends pick, on who's listening. That's a pretty good hypothetical, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't. I recognize when I said it. Nobody cares, but at the same time, I care. I I won what five in a row? Six in a row? Started zero and three. Are you? What are you? Gold diamond, status, bro. Don't even see. Did I'm I just nag you? Yes, you did. I'm diamond level status okay. for fantasy. Yes. What does that get you? Gets me Yahoo. So Yahoo gives you a score as a manager across all the fantasy things you do. Yeah. No, no. It's just for each sport. Oh, okay. I'm in I your baseball. I'm diamond level, baby. 99 percentiles, that's what that means. So what does that do? Nothing. Just I, I get, get a little icon. Do you icon. get anything? I get to say that I'm better than you at fantasy baseball, according to stats and okay. numbers and real-life things. There's no real argument about it. You can look at the numbers and say, Eric's at the top, and there's everybody else way down. You did create the league where uh, it was way more batting-heavy stat-wise than it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, then why didn't you just win it? <laughs> just Why didn't you just win it then? I didn't realize it too too late. I got, oh, yeah? I got swindled. Oh, yeah? How many years? You, this is your I, second I, year. I Did you change anything? <laughs> that was COVID, man. I was right, 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 right. Oh, now it's COVID's fault. Yeah, for sure. Whatever's not my fault. Right. For losing. Right, right. Um, yeah. So... Why play fantasy sports too? I think it's. I think it's a. I, a lot of people go. It's a big waste of time. I think it's a. In an age where like you know we don't do a lot of crossword puzzles, like our generation, a little bit older, doesn't do a lot of those kind of like brain exercises. Yeah. I think fantasy is good if you treat it as something like that. Yeah, for sure. Can Especially get, baseball. It goes back to the number thing where you can kind of like they have all those you know the sabermetric stats that you can really. Dot, you know, dig in deep. Football, it's like football has a no sample size, right? Tri- well, they trip and fall. You know, things happen in football when we're in. There's you know so many fewer games and plays and whatnot. But so, but you look at it like sample size is everything in, in data, and we, mm. we see it in research a lot of the times. Where it's like, here's a new scientific research report that came out. And it's like they only tested five people about right. this, and who cares? Yeah, right. So you need. There's a book called, I met this author, it's called The Wisdom of Crowds, when I worked at a mutual fund company. He's like, basically, he tells a story, when I saw him in person, he tells a story about, um, there's a big jar of jelly beans, out, and this is a true story or something like this. Uh, really? Yeah. A big jar, jar of jelly beans. Yeah, Ronald Reagan like nutted when he wow. saw it. 
Um, what? So, big big jar of jelly beans at like the town square. Did you come in it? Mm-hmm. And you won like a bunch of money if you could guess what how many jelly beans were in there. Okay. Right? And so everybody so more people, the more people that kind of added in their their count, uh-huh. what they thought, the closer it got to the number. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. But I mean did they No one hit it. But no one hit it. Did they how many people did they get to guess? They have more than a thousand. Okay. Was it, isn't there like a number that you can reach when you take these polls and stuff that it like kind of isn't it like 1,500 people once you take a, a, a sample size of 1,500 people across a population? It doesn't matter anymore like or something like that, right? I've never heard that. I've heard I don't, know. I don't remember. It was from statistics class, and I don't, I don't think I did very good. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you always have like a margin of error, too. That's something you always have to look at in any kind of like uh, poll. Polls are different, though. Polls are like a lot of opinion piece, right? Yeah. And maybe it was polling was what it was. Yeah, and polls are kind of garbage, but we use them a lot. Like Family Feud yeah. is basically all that, right? Yeah. We we pulled a hundred... What kind of fucking nerd sat through a guy asking all these questions for Family Feud? Yeah. Well, it's not that many, is it? It always sounds like they stop people on the streets. Like and they're like... <laughs> but they're like, we pulled some people off the street. And you're like, what? I know. Who stopped in the middle of the street just to go, yeah, yeah, I got some time. It's probably the same guy just f- randomly filling out the numbers. <laughs> right. There's and no proof of this. So that's why Family Feud's frustrating sometimes if you're like... I get so frustrated <laughs> with Family Feud. Do you? So yeah? bad, dude. Oh, I thought it's because you don't like Steve Harvey. You're, Richard, like, you're a Richard Karn guy. <laughs> yeah, bring back... You're, you're an Al Borland guy. Yeah, bring back Al Borland. Who's the guy that made out with all the girls? Uh, the 70s, 70s guy? guy? Yeah, I don't remember. Out of my zone. Those were the days. I only know the family guy cut away. So cringy. I can't, you can't even watch it and be like, oh, look how funny it is. It's like, no, oh God. There's no fun to it the, anymore. <laughs> he's just like licking their hand it's and shit? So, it's so bad. It's so bad. Bet gross. he got laid all the time, though. No. Go back and look at that guy. Those kind of confidence guys. It's like, I was talking to someone the other day about another friend of ours, and it's like, you know the guys that look jacked that are like, Always five seven, <laughs> like like you know like uh I mean the guys that are five seven they always look kind of like if they work out a little bit they'll get jacked. It's like the Tom Cruise thing. Uh, okay, yeah. They don't have like if you're taller than five seven, for whatever reason, and you try to work out, it's like way harder. But like well, that's a like a mechanical thing, you know. Like physically, your arms are longer. You have to, you know, move right. weights further. You can get your muscles bigger because you don't have to push them as far. Yeah. So that like all these actors like look yoked and they're all tiny. Sure. Yeah. You know. That makes sense, um, I guess. I don't know. Anyway. We're not doctors. Just to go back, just to end the loop on the uh, baseball stuff, I think we're – statistics. I mean, it gets your brain to think about statistics, which is good. In an age where, man, we're really fucking with math here, and it's fucking crazy. It blows my mind, like, what we're trying to do with, like, oh, the numbers are this. Oh, no, they're, no, they're this. And it's like – in now, terms of what? I'm, in terms of any news story, uh, we're doing this, we're recording this as the debate's about to happen. Yeah. And it's debate like... Debate prep, 21 minutes. I don't even have to... We don't have to watch it. I know there's going to be discrepancies in, like, what a number is. Right? Right. And that's the beauty of math. It just is. <laughs> yeah. A lot Usually, of the time. Used to be. That, back, you know, a couple of years ago, those were that was the idea, but... And now every article is like, I, I wish... I wish I was smart enough to program an app that like would hover over you could get an extension on Chrome and it would hover over any article 
It's like the kid that did the one, the one extension on Chrome that if you read a news article, it had a politician name. It would show who funds them. Uh, Have you ever seen that? No, but that's cool. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Because everything's about money. You know, follow the money. You'll find yeah. incentives, all that shit. Uh, and so, like, <laughs> I wish I could develop one that would show three legitimate sources. You know, it just hovers over there. Like, Wikipedia, you footnote stuff. Yeah. I'll actually look at the footnotes to make sure it's legit. <laughs> you know? Cause right. I think yeah. on my dad's Wikipedia, it says he has three daughters. So, pretty accurate. Because <laughs> they're... Our friend John Jacobs changed it, and he's not famous enough to for anybody to care. So. Right. <laughs> Good luck Which I thought was really funny. It I don't, is funny. I still think it's funny. I still think it's there. It's been there for like seven years. Good. Um, maybe you did it. I don't know. Did you do it? I don't know. What? Um, call in if you did. Uh, and so it's that thing with statistics. I think it's just weird that we just debate these things and – there's also that thing of like, I was just coming from a meeting and talking about like email marketing. If we make it too hard for them to do the call to action, like it's for a restaurant. And I was like, if we make it too hard for, if we add an extra step that's superfluous, right. Then we're going to, everybody's got ADD. This is a lifestyle brand. Like they can kind of take it or leave it. So if it takes a half second more to like, you know yeah. when someone's like, get this app, and you're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to get yeah. it. Right. You know, uh, like, yeah. It takes just that much longer to do yeah. one step. And I feel like with numbers and research in a disinformation, misinformation age, if you're watching the debates, something like the debates, they're debating a number, a research number, a statistic, right? Like going to do that extra step is just like a pain in the ass. That's why we read headlines. Yeah. I mean, it, if you really want to get into it, you know, yes. Most of the time, people when they're talking politics, they want to win. They want to convince you of their side. You know, but most of the time, people don't have any sort of actual factual evidence to back it up. So it's always yeah. It's like a cheat code. If you want to win, you want to convince somebody. Look some shit up. Look up some actual facts rather than just whatever you're feeling at that moment. That's that's what drives me crazy is just the yeah. circular logic and the repeating of things that you don't know are true with no, uh, you know, references behind it. And it's just like, then we give up. What's what's one of those conversations you've had recently? Like, I mean, uh, there I was one in. that was over here. <laughs> I, I refreshed my memory. I don't your know. Your longest friends. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. legacy fight. Have. Right. It's all emotional. Right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it goes deep. It goes deep quick, too, because so much of the politics is not just, like, who you are. It's, like, your parents play a big part into, like, the way you think about how the world should work, you know, and that's basically what politics is, is people running shit. They're going to, you know, institute these rules and whatnot, and it's, like, people think they're betraying their parents if they think differently or if they think a certain way you know it's it's so the the psychology of it is insane right yeah and what's the so there's like an old adage of like you're a democrat when you're younger republican when you're older kind of thing yeah um yeah i mean i i think that idea is just that like when you're younger you know it's more like help me and it's like get older help yourself well you know? it's also like you you have a lot more open free time. I, right. I look at it like yeah. that. Like, so you have time to kind of invest in a lot of social issues. Right. Yeah. Right. 
it's you, like, I don't you don't have worry about a lot of stuff yeah. other than yourself. Yeah. So you, you put that energy into others, which is good. Mm-hmm. Most people will. Uh, it's like when they talk about like, um, uh, you know, if you lower taxes, more people will give a lot to charity, like at the high end. So like, it's like an into, you think people are just going to save and keep it. And like a lot of people like one percenters or whatever, but we have a tax setup where you get tax breaks mm-hmm. if you do that. But it's like in, counterintuitive to what you'd think, right? You lower the taxes and you go, these fat cats are just going to save it. They're not going to spend it. Yeah. You know, but I mean, then, then but, again, but the, 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 the like Freakonomics part of it is like, they actually give more. And yeah. that, that's, that goes to middle class too. And I mean, and I don't know the actual facts off the top of my head, but just universal basic income, you know, was something they try. They've tried a bunch of places. And then up until a few days ago, I was like, I thought that they kind of decided that it works, you know, pretty good. People still work and they, you know, pump money into the economy. And then I heard something else from somebody and like, like I said, I don't know the, <laughs> the right things. I didn't look it up, but it's like, God, I don't know. Did it work? I don't know. I don't have my... uh thing pulled up but yeah you not it up, ha- but it's like dude i don't know what's real at all anymore i've been saying not having a tattoo is the new tattoo mm. of like being sleeved up right like if you do you don't have any tattoos nope. do you? i don't have any either that's really unusual for like our age yeah now. Like, like none of my friends like a, a lot of really? my friends don't have tattoos yeah oh it's weird yeah everybody has like one at least right right like back in the day you don't like I get reminded, this it was unusual to have a tattoo back in the day. You were kind of a badass if you had one in the seventies or something. Like, yeah, if you had an anchor on your arm, you're you know obviously a seaman. Mm-hmm. You're seaman. Mm-hmm. But like, did you come in it? You know, now everybody's got it. So I kind of feel that way about like saying you don't know or don't have an opinion is kind of the new uh, hardline opinion. <laughs> yeah, because everybody's uh, social media has given that voice to a lot of people, right? Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand. It's not really, your reach isn't really getting out there that, that broad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I can't say that not having an opinion is a hardline opinion. Not having an opinion on something because you don't know enough, I should say. I was trying to kind of. Is like the shameful. No, it's, it's the going, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on this subject because I just don't know enough about it. It's right. It's the part of the SATs where they add the answer E and it's like insufficient data to make a answer. You never. You, you I don't, don't remember, remember that. They 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 give you like A B C D huh? at some point. I think it's in the like the mass section, and they'll mm-hmm. go like. Then there's another section. that will go like it'll add the E and it'll go. Maybe this is the A C T. I can't remember, but uh, it'll add that extra choice of like not enough insufficient data to make a decision or something like that. Okay, I can't believe you remember the SATs. ACTs. So weird. I that's I, that's what sucks about Move me on, as a man. student. I I was like a C plus student, but I would retain a lot of shit. Whereas yeah. like a lot of A plus students would just move on. Right. I know. Like a I cornerback got... in the NFL, they yeah. just fucking like forget next <laughs> yeah. play. They got burned and still just the like, best fucking, baby. Yeah. And I, like I can retain like a lot of shit that I didn't get the grade for. Right. But it was interesting to you because so. maybe later I might look it up and be like, oh, why did I get that wrong? Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, I, I had that with a lot of tests and stuff. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's called, but uh, maybe unpreparing and then feeling guilty. I got a C plus, but. Um, Retroactive learning. Yeah. It, and it used to drive me nuts because I'd be like, you guys remember that test we took? And they're like, no. And they're like, oh, 
Fuck. Uh, <laughs> Move on, dork. Speaking of moving on, I'm just saying, like, from my from my education, but it is that thing of, um, oh, no. Here goes my brain. Uh, there we go. Uh, what if I had a stroke live on Facebook? No good. It's no good. No good. What is that? What was that Mexican from? guy saying no good. No good. It's from that video I showed you with the uh, guy with the, the, the gate that wouldn't close. <laughs> <laughs> we think about that gate. Oh my God! <laughs> I think it's fun. Uh, let's go into a little bit more nerdy digital stuff. Oh, good. Do you like it? What? No. Uh, well, I mean, uh, unless you got more about this, um, get the raise. Were we talking? Get the raise book. The extra two percent. It's about how the raise did more than the athletics with less. They had a lower salary. It was like the A's had like. 29th and the Rays had 30th in salary. Yeah. Not to mention their movie would have been better. Evan Longoria hitting that get one get game 162, he hit a home run to win it to yeah. get send him to forgot, the playoffs. God, like dude, the fuck, like the the it was written for him. Yeah. Uh it's Jonah crazy. Carey who used to be an ESPN writer, he wrote it. Uh really good that didn't put any marketing behind it and it's like it's easy to read like Michael Lewis book. And it's really about like they talk about like developing pitchers, and I really look at that like, how do you develop an employee? Like Chick Fil A is awesome because how do they get the most out of fast food workers? There's still fast food workers at the end of the day, right? Right. Well, they they look for a certain personality type, right? Mm-hmm. Nice, not anything else, but really like, can they speak with other people? Right. Right. Uh, well, how did they create this funnel where it's hard to work there, too, as a fast food worker? Like, it's not like... Hard to get a job there, you mean? Yeah, yeah. And what they do is they develop a track for you from day one, and they really go by it and dangle that carrot. Right. It's, of success, like moving yep, up the ladder, yep. you mean? And they know a lot of their employees. They know, just by the numbers, they know their empl- a lot of them are just getting a job part-time or full-time, but they're students. You know, it's right. a lot of... A lot of that kind of stuff, but there is a trajectory if you want to follow that path, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you get how do you get the best out of really what you would call low skill or entry level workers like they do? Yeah, you can tell me. It's good management. Well, they have they have that track. They have a path. They gave a shit enough about their employees for this, this, and this on benefits, but also like, hey, you know, we know this is an entry level job and it's not the the best. You know, they're I'm just trying to relate it to developing pitchers. So pitchers, when they talk about in the book, uh, you have, um, and it still I think goes on in the major leagues a lot. You have you go from single A, double A, triple A majors a lot of the time. You get drafted. You and sometimes the like top players they might just go triple A. Bryce Harper when he was drafted. Yeah, there's no set of rules that says you have to go whatever direction, whatever progression. Yeah, so a lot of guys they can. They can hover in the minors a lot of the time, but they, there's four different managers along the way. Yeah. Till they get to the pros, and then they have a fifth right. sometimes. And so what they looked at was like, all right, money ball's good. Statistics are good. We're going to use that too. But we're also going to focus on management because it's going to save us a lot of money in the long run. Yeah. It doesn't feel that way because it's going to be indirect, right? Yeah. Because I, before. It seems so obvious now. Like, yeah, they should all be coaching the same thing. I guarantee a lot of half of the teams aren't doing it right without looking. I guarantee, like I bet half of the teams just do it old school, right? Because baseball's weird like that. They have it's every 
every manager used to be a player, so they all have a little bit of an ego, and they're all going to want to put their stank on it. And Moneyball shits on like all the the managers and scouts, and and extra two percent kind of goes back on that and says, well. Don't throw away that experience and that that they have the knowledge and the wisdom they have. Just you need to funnel it in a better way, right? And essentially, those are recruiters, yeah. right? Just like job recruiters, right? Uh-huh. They need to be able to filter out in a different way that undoes their biases. Yeah, scouting of, that talent. Well, they would be like this guy. They this is like a purebred athlete, like a horse. Like they talk about him like this fucking badass athlete, but for whatever reason, couldn't put together on the field, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or they couldn't be coached. It was a lot, of, a lot of it. Yeah, I mean baseball. You know, that's the thing. It's like such a, it's such variable in terms of over a season. Like it, you know, minute to minute. That's it's just like very much the individual at that moment. You know, it's so hard to break it down, but it usually works itself out with yeah. the numbers. Well, I have to use a lot of sports metaphors in my head to like get through a lot of business ideas or strategies or whatever and and that kind of helped me on a management one because we've talked about it a lot management feels like everybody knows how to do it i disagree but i feel like a lot of people are put in that position and they never really work on it yeah right this is how i mean because you just you ascended from a specialist to that level or whatever you know a manager of something because you were a good specialist Uh but a lot of them don't know how to communicate and manage people right yeah Obviously, you're doing something right. So I'm saying like, yeah, just because you're awesome at that skill and the job you're doing, and now you're the manager of people, now you have to figure out. I think a lot of people never look at like the other part of managing people other than teaching them the skill Mm -hmm. and how to do it well. Yeah. So extra 2% uh, talks about like, uh, they bring up like Scott Casimir. We drafted him. The Rays drafted him, I should say. Uh, He's a fireball pitcher. Fucking, they know he's got... Badass arm. They know he can throw heat. He was throwing gas when we got him too. And part of their strategy is we're going to get pitchers, and they're going to be here four years, and we're going to fucking wear out their arms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then we trade them away. Right. We trade them away, and because and we have literally they've won every trade. I know. The last ten years. And, and that's Chris like Archer. Just go. You just go back. Every Rodney, ace they used to have, they just trade them away. Get rid of David them. Price. Yeah. Jamie Shields. Wade Davis. James Shields. Right. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, yeah, it's it's great. And then they bring in those those weirdo guys like Chad Bradford, I think it was his name. And yeah. He was a submarine pitcher where they his knuckles almost hit the ground yeah. when he pitches. Who was also pitched for the A's. Yeah. I think he pitched for both teams. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm, I might be confused. No, I think he played for both the Rays and the A's. Well, now I can't. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like one of those like uh, gimmicky guys almost. Right. He still was good, but like it, it messed people up. Yeah, no, they wanted guys that could – face a unique situation. Right. And like mess with a guy and he's guaranteed to get it. Yeah. And he's cheap. He's really cheap. Yeah. And so, uh, we're going to get him for a couple of years kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, uh, they had a plan internally that maybe was not expressed to the pitchers. Right. But they go, all right, Casimir, we drafted you. You're going to, you're going to hone that, uh, fastball in single a, and then double a, we're going to work on your curve. Triple A, you're going to work on a change-up, you know, when you get to whatever. Right. They had, like, a plan set yeah. out f- specifically for him because they invested a lot of money yeah. in him. Employees, should, you should have that for your employees if you're investing time into them because uh, it's, 
it's hard to find someone to replace them a lot of the time if you don't have a playbook ready. Yeah. If you're position, making the commitment, right. make the commitment. And, like, and do so, it. So they called it radio noise. What happens, that whole thing where you, you go up the ladder and you have different managers that aren't under the same philosophy. Yeah. Right? They have their own way of putting stank on it because they're trying to get their career as a manager, GM, you know, to to ascend. Yeah, they want to win the PCL and get to the majors, bro. That's their style. They're right. They're they're going, all right, I'm going to win with my style. It might be different than the guy that's in AA, but yeah. it's a ba- it doesn't work uh, a lot of the time. Yeah. Gabe Kapler, how'd that work out? Okay, for the Phillies, <laughs> wow. one year. We're dropping some mad names. We're gonna get like uh, also played for the Rays. A lot of baseball nerds in the uh, Otter.ai yeah transcription of this. Oh yeah, baby. Maybe we can get Joe to carry on. I feel like that's a get. That's possible. Yeah, that's us. probably doable. Yeah, talk about it. Yeah. But they talked about it with uh, their management too. It wasn't all just player stuff. They would they would apply a lot of this stuff with their front office. Yeah, you know. Bringing up a, guy, a younger guy from Wall Street, because I think the subtitle of that book is how how to use Wall Street strategies uh, to. This is numbers, you know, number that. crunching. And they would just look at a lot of shit like, uh, how do you, we're going to use this tactic for front office guys too. Uh, the Steinberg, or Sternberg, Sternberg was a Wall Street guy, mm-hmm. and but he was like, I'm going to bring up this kind of guy, this prodigy guy, almost like Moneyball, uh-huh. the Jonah Carey guy, and that. That yeah. movie, and, but I want him to focus on managing. Yeah, and he was a Wall Street like numbers guy. Yeah, you know beforehand. So, but I don't think you can do it with any other sport the way they've done. Is my no sample size my thing? It's know? really tough. You, yeah, the draft is so interesting to me. The NFL draft is so interesting to me because it's an overvalue undervalue game, and that's why I nerd out about it because it's so interesting to watch. Like, who's gonna fuck up? Right perceived fuck up because right. no one wins or loses the NFL draft, but it feels that way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then it's know. fun to see the what what that was later. Yeah. The Bucks drafted a kicker last year, two drafts ago, that is not on the team now. Right. Every time he kicked, he looked up like he had never seen a field field goal post in his life. Like, what what am I doing on this field? The gayest pick of all time, for sure. Oh, God, that guy. His name was Matt Gay. Um, no, right, Roberto Matt, Aguayo. I'm talking about Gay. We drafted two. We didn't draft that guy, did we? Yeah, fit like fifth round. Aguayo was a second round. He was a first rounder. First? Yes. Oh, yeah. Dude, I blocked it out of my memory. Like that one, he was he kicking Missy go. And he was the number one like kicker of all time in college. Or oh yeah, like that. obviously. Yeah. Amazing in college. Different well, balls they play with. Just like business. Just like kickers or golf, the game's between your ears. And so if you don't focus on that stuff, you can't fucking execute. Yeah. And that is my Jerry Springer moment. Okay. (laughs) All right. See you guys later. What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. My sweat equity. My sweat equity. My sweat equity. What about my sweat equity?